I'll tell you, it's so good to have the kids back in school. We just wrapped up two weeks, and after so many months of not having them there, it's just great to have this place kind of come to life again during the week. And this past week, we had a special guest come to visit the junior kindergarten class, so those that are preparing to get ready to go into kindergarten. I invited my friend, Dr. Fred Pastello, the president of St. Louis University, to come and address the junior kindergarten about the astrophysics program at St. Louis University and all the different things that the eight junior kindergartners will need to know that they need to be preparing to work on right now if they intend to enter the doctoral program of astrophysics at St. Louis University. And in the midst of his speech to the junior kindergarten, one of them, the junior kindergartners, raised their hand and said, Mrs. Fernandez gave me an M&M earlier, and then she gave me another M&M. Now I have two M&Ms. And he said, way to go. You understand that one plus one equals two. And if you don't understand that, you're not going to move on towards the astrophysics program at St. Louis University. Now, obviously, that didn't happen. But you can imagine what it would be like if it did. Because in all reality, if you try to consider every little step that the junior kindergartners, three and four-year-olds, are going to have to take to get to a doctoral program in astrophysics, it's going to take a lot, you know? But nevertheless, they do have to get the basics down to get to that point. Now, you can't just look at every single step you're going to have to take. It's like we can figure out, for example, how we're going to get to Albuquerque, New Mexico by plane, by train, by automobile, one of these things. But if we try to map it out in inches, it's going to be really tough, you know? Exacting, looking at it that way, is a pretty tough thing to do. And when you look at the way that St. Peter approaches forgiveness at the beginning of the gospel today, he's looking at it in an exacting sort of measurement kind of a way. The Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? Now, St. Peter has got to be thinking that he's doing pretty well there because the contemporary teaching of the rabbis at the time was you need to forgive people up to three times. So this is what St. Peter has done. He said, look at this. I'm going to double that and add one. I'm doing a really good job here in that calculating way of how to forgive. But our Lord isn't interested in you just being a little bit better than contemporary society. He doesn't want you to just do double what others are willing to do plus one. He wants you to go above and beyond. He doesn't want you to be exacting. He wants you to go on infinitely. And so, of course, that 77 times, I mean, you how can you count you know, that many times that you're forgiving someone? It has an infinite narrative to it. And then, of course, he gives us one of the best-known parables that we get. And I'm not going to go into all of the different details, but when you think about this, how important our Lord considers forgiveness to be that he gives us this particular parable, this particular story, that he wants us to go above and beyond. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest things that we see here is the difference in the two debts, okay? Now, our translation from the New American Bible for the lectionary, it doesn't really paint the picture very well, right? You've got the first guy who has what we hear today is a huge debt, and the other one is a much smaller debt, right? When I think of huge and much smaller, I think of an elephant and a mouse, all right? That's a pretty big difference. One is huge, one is much smaller, but that doesn't even begin to show 
how different the two debts are. The first man who becomes the unforgiving servant owed his master 10,000 talents, okay? And the other servant owed his fellow servant 100 denarii. Now, what does that mean? Okay, a denarii is one day's worth of wages, okay? So 100 denarii is three months worth of work. A talent is even more than a year's wage. And what it roughly works out to be is that first guy owed his master 2,739 years worth of wages. So, one is doable. You can pay back three months worth of debt of, you know, three months worth of wages. 2,739 years worth of wages, it's an astronomical figure. It's huge, right? So to be able to do that is not something we can just do on our own. But what does the king do? He forgives it, right? He gives that ungrateful servant another opportunity. He gives him his mercy. He releases him from the debt. And obviously, he wants him to imitate that. Now, forgiving our brothers and sisters, right? How difficult that is. And to think about jumping off, you know, and, and to be able to forgive others from the heart, it almost feels like being a junior kindergartner sometimes and thinking about entering the doctoral program in astrophysics. It's not an easy place to be. It's a hard thing to jump into. And if you try to map it out in an exacting way, you're going to go nuts. What do you need? You need the grace of God. We need to recognize exactly what we sang today during the responsorial song. The Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger, and rich in compassion. The fact of the matter is, he goes first. You notice in the parable here that it's the king who acts first. It's not as though he tells the guy to forgive without giving him any example, any instruction. No. First, he shows him how incredible his mercy is and wants him to go and do likewise. And the same is true for each and every one of us. And I'm sure that we have people and situations, different things in our life, that it's very difficult to let go. It's very difficult to forgive. It's one of the hardest things that we have to do. But my brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus makes it apparent that it is absolutely necessary. It is one of the requirements for entering into heaven. And you'll notice the way that Jesus even begins the parable. He says, that is, that is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king. Notice, he doesn't say the kingdom of heaven may be likened to this place, to this kingdom, likened to a king. It automatically goes to the relationship that we have with God. Because ultimately, that's what heaven is going to be at the fundamental level, is our relationship with God. It's not just sort of enjoying wonderful pleasures for all eternity. I mean, heaven isn't just a big golf course, a big cruise ship, you know, a never-ending Panthers game or something like that, right? No, it's ultimately being in communion with God and with one another. And we can see that here on earth. You can go to the golf course, the cruise ship, the Panthers game, and if the whole time you're hating someone, you're holding on to a grudge, you can't enjoy what's going on. You're not experiencing the full privilege, the full joy, the pleasure of what's happening around you. You're busy hating what's happening. You're being pulled apart. Our Lord doesn't want that for us. 
I'm not going to say you. I'm saying us. It's hard for me too. But as our Lord says, like basically coming to us, wanting us to be saints who forgive from our hearts, in some ways it can feel like Dr. Pistello coming to the junior kindergarten and saying, okay, get ready for the astrophysics program. It's hard. It's hard to make that leap. But we got to start at one plus one equals two. What's the basis? When we're really, really struggling to let something go, when we've been hurt bad, and some of us have, and I know, and it's a difficult thing, we got to start at the, the basics, the one plus one equals two. Ask yourself the question, when you've been hurt, do you want the one who hurts you to burn in hell for all eternity? I hope your answer is no. I mean, look inside yourself, because ultimately, therein lies the definition of hate. To want them to go to hell. If you can say no to that, you've got your one plus one equals two. You've got the place to start. And even if that is difficult, look to the example of our Lord. Think about him on the cross during the passion. What did he do? He looked to heaven and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Notice he doesn't look down to, you know, eventually St. Longinus, the one who stabbed him with the spear and said, don't worry about it, buddy, no big deal. No, he doesn't ask for something like that. We don't have to pretend that sin is no big deal. He died for it on the cross to wipe it away. But at the same time, we have to look to that grace to be able to let go of any hatred in our heart. And thanks be to God, he's shown us how to do it, and he gives us his very self to help us to do it. Once again, in this Mass, he will give us himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And notice, in the process of doing that, the very act of the forgiveness of sins is tied up in the consecration of the precious blood. This is the chalice of my blood, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. It's a difficult thing to jump into that, to take the steps from junior kindergarten to move up to a doctor in astrophysics, right? It's not an easy thing, but he provides the way to do it. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, in the great mystery of the providence of God, he wants us to be participators in his mercy. We're not reservoirs of his grace. He doesn't just pour it out on us for our sake alone. He doesn't want us to be a reservoir. He wants us to be a river. As he pours out his mercy on us in confession, as we go into that confessional with repentance, asking for forgiveness for our sins, he gives it. But then he expects us to go out there and to continue to pour it out. He gives us himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity. He gives us the infinite source of love himself. And then asks us to go and to do likewise. Even if you feel overwhelmed, if you've been stuck in a grudge for a long time, know the fact that, hey, I know it's a difficult thing. I know it's a lot more easy to just sort of be exacting and ask how many times and all that. But he's not content to leave you there for your own sake and for everyone else's. He wants you to participate in his mercy. Ask him for the grace. Even if you've got to start at one plus one equaling two, start there. Make that first step. Pray for that person who's hurt you to have healing, to grow, to grow ever closer to our Lord. We're in this together, and he wants to pour out his mercy upon us, and he wants you to participate in making that mercy present. Ask him for that grace.
to be there with him, to participate in that mercy, and to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.